This is Tim Bryan, pastor of Lifeway Apostolic Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. My prayer is that this message will inspire, build your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. Enjoy this message. Everybody say praise the Lord. Amen. This week, um, we'll be getting into the fourth commandment. Um, and I'm excited about this particular study. And um, next week, uh, the fifth commandment, my father will be teaching. Um, I will honor my father by asking him to teach about honor thy mother and thy father. And um, so it's the, um, I text him so he couldn't back talk me about that. So, um, and as we go along, I'll be asking some other fine men to help us teach these um, teach these lessons on Wednesday night. Amen. All right, let's go to Exodus chapter number 20. If your pages aren't wore out by then on that particular verse on your Bible, maybe by the end of this study, um, it will be because we're going to be diving into um, the fourth commandment. Amen. And uh, we will not get through everything that I have prepared for tonight for this study, but we're going to make a good effort to do so. Um, we want to move on to the next commandment next week. Um, Exodus chapter number 20, verses number 8 through 11. Um, verse says here is remember. Everybody say remember. Remember, that means that's been something that, uh, that has been already established, but also I want you to keep it uh, and keep it going. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days thou shalt labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle. It's nice to give the, the animals a rest too. Nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. In other words, don't make the people that are hanging out at your house for the weekend work. Around the house. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Everybody say hallowed. Um, this particular uh, commandment is very powerful, and I hope I can um, speak to it the way that I, I feel like I, I want to. And it says, remember the Sabbath day. So he was giving them a, a, recollect, a recollection, if you will. So I'm going to recall in your mind. So we're going to go back to Genesis chapter number 2 and go all the way back to where God established the Sabbath day. And this is a very important part of this Bible study tonight. And um, so we need to go back to Genesis chapter number 2, verses 1 through 3. And if you have it, say amen. Don't look up on the screen. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished. Everybody say finished. And all the host of them. And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had made. And he had rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. Very important word. He sanctified it because that in it. He had rested from all his work which God created 
and made. So the question that I have asked many times, uh, and I'll make it a portion, part of this Bible study today, is how many days are there in creation? Okay, God's creative work was six. He made man on which day? The sixth day. And, but God numbered the seventh day. And what did he do on the seventh day? He rested. Uh, look to your neighbor and say, he rested. He rested on his creation. He rested after he made everything. And then he rested and he says, this is the Sabbath. And this is the seventh day. We find that seven is very important in the word of God. If you will uh, just kind of bear with me for a second. Because seven is very important in the word of God. I'm going to give you a few things to think about, about the number seven. But before I do that, I, I, I find it very interesting that there is seven days in the creative week of God, or the week of, of, of seven days, because creation was not complete until God rested. Because the number seven is a number of completion. So man, who was made on the sixth, was not complete until God rested Upon what he made. Somebody say amen. The seven, your week is not complete until you get to the seventh day. Um, a week is not complete until you've gone or been in a, that, that period of seven days. So we find that the creation, really the creation process, was kind of hanging in the balance, if you will, until God decided to rest after his creative work. So man, you and I, are not complete without the rest of God. Somebody say amen. That all makes sense. If you don't get that part, you won't get the rest of it. Okay? Because it's very important to understand the creative week of God, and God likes to have things complete. Man was not complete in him until he had rested upon that creation. His creation was very important. He says that we, he was, we were created in his likeness. And when he created us in his likeness, he wanted that make sure it was complete and perfect. So he used that number seven, if you will, that seventh day to, uh, for a time of completion. So the number seven is about completion, and it occurs frequently in Scripture. And I'm just going to uh, kind of prove Scripture with Scripture. I think it's a good way of, of teaching here tonight in such Connections and lead us to a supposition, if you will, of some meaning. So we find we've already read Genesis 2 and uh, 2 and 2 and Genesis 2 3. Um, but there are many other things. The division of time into weeks of seven days, each accounts for many instances of occurrence of this number. Obviously, every week is have a seventh day. Um, the number has been called the symbol of perfection and also the symbol of rest. Those are the two things. Jacob's seven years service to Laban. Pharaoh's seven fat oxen and seven lean ones. The seven branches of the golden candlestick. The seven trumpets and the seven priests who sounded them. The seven days siege of Jericho. The seven churches, seven spirits, seven stars, seven seals, seven vials, and many others sufficiently really prove 
that the importance of this number of seven. And I have many scriptures that in Exodus 12, the feast of the Passover, the feast of weeks, the tabernacles, the, the, and, and, and the jubilee were all ordered by seven. Feast of weeks ordered by seven. The feast of the Passover is by seven. Feast of weeks, the tabernacles, the jubilee, all were ordered by seven. Seven is the number of sacrifice, of purification or consecration in the word of God. It's found in 2 Chronicles and Job if you're, if you're wanting more scriptures. Leviticus 25 talks about it as well. And Leviticus 8, Leviticus 14, Leviticus, uh, excuse me, Matthew 18 and uh, 21. Uh, 18 uh, and 22 and Luke 17 and 4 talk about forgiveness and reward as a completion of seven and of a punishment even. And it is used for any round number in such passages of, passages of Job and Proverbs 26. It is used also to mean abundantly. Somebody say abundantly. Abundantly. And that's found in Genesis 4, Leviticus 26, Psalm 70. Nine, but we're going to just kind of slowly go through the Word of God and understand a little bit about what this Sabbath really means, um, and and talk about it in a more of a spiritual context tonight. Turn, if you will, to Exodus 16. We're going to read a little bit more of what it meant was before. Uh, obviously, Exodus 20, for those that like numbers, this is 16, before Exodus 20. And it came to pass that on a sixth day they gathered twice as much bread, two omers for one man, and all the rulers of the congregation came and told Moses. And he said unto them, This is that which the Lord hath said. So the Sabbath was established before the commandment that was given down from the Lord, and, uh, and Moses said unto them, uh, and he said unto them that this is that which the Lord hath said, tomorrow is the rest of the holy Sabbath unto the Lord. Bake that which ye will bake today, and see that ye will seethe, and that which remaineth over lay up for you to keep until the morning. We don't have to um, work on that Sabbath, so we're going to have leftovers from the sixth day it brings us up to uh, an establishment or a uh, remembering the Sabbath day. So the Lord in Exodus 20, after being on the mountaintop with Moses or Moses on the mountaintop with the Lord, then he re remember, says, remember the Sabbath day and to keep it holy. Somebody say holy. Keep it righteous. Six days thou shalt labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath day of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt do no work, thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, cattle, or stranger within the gates. It goes on to say, and I read it again, for in the six days the Lord made heaven and earth and the sea, and all that is in them, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day, wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath. Very important right here. He blessed it. He blessed the Sabbath and he hallowed it. This is really the only commandment that you can find in, in, the, in Exodus 20 that he mentions these words. That he blessed and that he hallowed it, he sanctified it to keep it holy, um, to set apart, um, 
and it, it, it dealt with the rest of God, and it dealt with the, the presence of God, it dealt with the completion, completed work of God. It completed a lot of things. In fact, you could say that the first three commandments, the first one, one is to, uh, thou shalt, uh, excuse me, thou shalt have no other gods before me. And then the second one is to not make any graven images. And then the third one was not to take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. And then he does a combination and he says, he said, remember the Sabbath day and to keep it holy. And to, I'm going to sanctify it. I'm going to bless it. I'm going to have you set it apart and to make it different than everything else. And then the, 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 uh, the, um, the Ten Commandments take a different kind of a turn. And then it talks about honoring the father and the mother. Talks about man to man, but the first four are between you and God. And at the, the fourth one establishes something that we must keep. They say we've got to keep it holy. Keep it holy. What does holy mean? Somebody have an offer of what holy means. I'm talking about a holy cow. We're talking about um, what does holy mean? Pure. Sanctified. Oh, got Mr. Google right there. You can just. What, is, what does holy mean? Dedicated or what? Consecrated. I like that word. To keep. Prepare. Proclaim. Purify, sacred, I like that one too. Yeah. I like that. Say that louder, Anna. Not mixed. Pure. Another mixed, but pure. What was that, uh, Sister Michelle? Divine. Blessed. All right, clean. So it says this, he said, um, remember the Sabbath day and keep it pure. Keep it, um, keep it appropriate or keep it, keep it consecrated. Dedicate time to it. Uh, prepare for it. Did on the sixth, they prepared for the Sabbath. To prepare for the Sabbath, to uh, to sanctify it, to purify, um, to pronounce, to be ready for the Sabbath, um, to keep it holy. The Bible says, "He remember this day, and to keep it keep it holy." The Sabbath or the seventh day of the week was observed at biblical times, if you will. Um, from Friday evening to Saturday evening as a day of rest and worship by Jews and some Christians. And Sunday, it was observed by many today as we, we celebrate uh, Sundays as a time to come together as a day of rest and worship unto the Lord. Um, let me just say this. It is good to prepare ourselves for Sunday. Um, that is... Sunday is a time that we come together. We dedicate that time to come together to worship the Lord. But uh, the Sabbath is, as we go along in this study, is not necessarily talking about a specific day at 1030 to come and worship the Lord. 
not really the intent of this scripture or this uh, study here, study here tonight. Um, let's go to Isaiah chapter number 28. Isaiah 28. Um, and then Matthew chapter number 2. We may go to Matthew 2 first. Let's go to that one, that scripture first. So let's go to Luke. Numbers all mixed up in here. Here we go. Um, verse number one. And it came to pass on the second Sabbath after the first um, that he went through the cornfields and disciples plucked the ears of the corn and did eat, rubbing them in their hands. And certain of the Pharisees said unto him, Why do ye that which is not lawful do on the Sabbath days? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Have ye not read so much as this? What David did when himself was at hungered, and they which were with him, and how he went into the house of God and did take and eat to show bread, and gave also to them that were with him, which is it not uh, lawful to eat but for the priests alone? And he said unto them that the Son of Man is the Lord also of the Sabbath. So he is the Lord of the Sabbath. We find in Scripture, and um, um, and the, uh, it, it's in Matthew, and I, I, it, it, he says, he says, the Sabbath was made for man. I want you to, you got to get this. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even unto the Sabbath. That's a very important um, doctrinal understanding that we must that we must have. They said, Lord, how how are you doing these things on the Sabbath? You're doing things that are unlawful on the Sabbath. He said, No, you don't understand. I am the Sabbath. I am the representation of the Sabbath. I I can do. Because I established the Sabbath. I am the Sabbath. And it goes, far, goes on to say, he said, the Sabbath was made for, in fact, I am here for you. My spirit is here for you. So I am the Lord of the Sabbath, so I can do on the Sabbath what my spirit pleases. Not man for the Sabbath. Um, uh, let's go to Isaiah chapter number 28. Um, so the Sabbath, let's come up with some words for Sabbath, and we've, we've kind of mentioned it before. Sabbath means rest, right? Sabbath means uh, completion. It is the seventh day is a time of completion. It is a time of uh, rest. Another word we find in Scripture we're about to read, that another word that is used for rest is refreshing. Um, one of the reasons why they would rest on the seventh day is so they would have their energy, they would be prepared, they would have the strength to start a new week. So there was a refreshing that would come. Now, how many like to take a nap every now and again? Everybody says amen. I like, it, like a good nap every once in a while. Um, some of you probably try to get in two or three naps a day. Hopefully not at work. But... Uh, a uh, couple naps, couple naps a day, and when you get up from a nap, 
Some feel better. Somebody would just rather keep on napping, but some feel better. There was a, um, was a man, um, a high-profile man that owned a large company, uh, very wealthy, and he would try to take naps every day. In fact, he would say that he would lay on the floor, put his feet up on his chair, and get his feet elevated above his heart, and he would take a 15- to 20-minute power nap. And that kind of helped him get going. I think that was before five-hour energies. And he would take that power nap, and he said, I felt refreshed when I would get up off that floor, and I felt like I'd have enough strength. I was able to get the, the weight and off, off my feet and begin to get a little more, more strength and a little bit more uh, gumption for the rest of the day. So he talked about that being a refreshing time. Sunday is that time of refreshing, is, or that Sabbath day is a time of refreshing. Isaiah chapter number 28. Verses 1 through 2, I know I got this one right. Um, it says, woe to the crown of pride. Here we go. We're going to talk about some things. To the drunkards of Ephraim, whose glorious beauty is a fading flower, which are uh, on the head of the fat valleys of them that are overcome with wine. I like that first part. Woe to the crown of pride. Pride looks good for a little while but it is a fading flower. Pride cometh before a, a fall, and that, and that it will fade very quickly. Behold, the Lord hath a mighty and strong one, which as a tempest of hail and, uh, and a destroying storm, as a flood of mighty waters overflowing, shall cast down to the earth with the hand. The crown of pride, the drunkard's Ephraim, shall be trodden under the feet. And the glorious beauty, which is on the head of the fat valley, shall be a fading flower. And as the hasty fruit before the summer, which when he that looketh upon it seeth, while it is yet in his hand, he eateth it up. In that day shall the Lord of hosts be for a crown of glory. That is a direct um, Contrast, I shouldn't say a direct contrast, but the Lord wants a crown of glory, not a crown of pride. Talks about in that day that shall the Lord of hosts be for a crown of glory and for a diadem of beauty unto the residue of his people. And for a spirit of judgment to him that sitteth in judgment and for strength to them that turn the battle to the gate. But they also have erred through wine and through strong drink are out of the way. And the priest and the prophet have erred through strong drink. They are swallowed up of the wine. They are out of the way through strong drink. They err in vision. They stumble in judgment. We talked about that time in Arza a couple weeks ago. Um, we preached, I preached about how uh, the king would go down to Arza. And he would get away from his kingly responsibilities. And he would take part in drinking for a little while. But the enemy was always out to kill him. And watched him, and watched him where he went, stumbled, or he watched him stumble out of that place. And, and the enemy came into him and killed him when he was an heir of judgment. He was heired in pride. He was heired in, in, in his vision. He was heired in, in what he was doing. He took off the kingly robe and put on a robe of flesh. The Bible teaches us here also through that strong drink to get out of the way. 
People have, uh, have a way of, uh, of not thinking correctly. They are uh, doing their error in their vision. They stumble when it comes to judgment. They don't know how to, how to drive. They don't know how to be because they are not in their right mind. For Verse number 8, for all tables are full of vomit and filthiness, that there is no place, they say clean, clean. That's what the world will do. It'll get your flesh all caught up. There is no place clean in your life. It'll get you to the place that uh, there is no home for something clean. Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make utter, uh, make to understand doctrine? Them that are winged from the milk and drawn from the breast. Verse number 10. For precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept. Line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. And then verse number 12. To whom he said, this is the rest. Somebody say rest. Wherewith ye may cause the weary to find rest. And this is the refreshing. I missed verse number 11, didn't I? Somebody pop that up here. I'm telling you what, I'm going to get rid of this iPad or my copy and paste ability. Verse number 11. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to his people. Now we look at this scripture in Isaiah. This is over 700 years before the coming of the Lord. And we have established that the Sabbath day is a day of rest. It is a day of cleanliness. It is a day of, or it is a, a moment, if you will, of purity. It is a moment of cleanliness. So what is cleanliness? What is purity? What is something that's different than the, than, the, than the vomit of the world that will bring into our life if we err in our judgment and err to the flesh? Well, it says here in verse number 10, for precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little, and then back to verse number 11. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to his people. Isaiah was prophesying about something, and we all know that the, that is the Holy Ghost. Somebody say amen. And then verse number 12 clarifies verse number 11, to whom he said, this is the, so what is rest? Rest is the Holy Ghost. Rest and the refreshing, the Bible says, this is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. Well, in a Bible study, it's important to take Scripture and, and validate it, if you will, with other Scripture. So in light of verse number 11 and 12, let's go to Acts chapter number 2. We've talked about Pentecost. Pentecost was a celebration of the Feast of Weeks. Feast uh, weeks that we talked about, the seven, the weeks, each week had a, uh, uh, a total of seven. Each week had, a, had a, a completion to it, and it was 49 days. And then on the 50th day, God began to do something beautiful in this time in Acts chapter number 2, verse number 1 through 4. And when the day of Pentecost, the 50 days was fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. 
And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance or gave them the ability. We find Isaiah is true, and what he prophesies, and what Joel prophesied, and what David prophesied, and what the, the, the Sabbath really is, which is the rest of God, that it, that it is the presence of God, the completion, completed work of God. And it says the completed work of God after the Feast of Weeks, Acts 2 showed up, and it says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as God gave them the ability. It is not far out there a stretched idea. It is not a far-fetched message. It is not a far-fetched doctrine to say that the Sabbath is the refreshing, which is the Holy Ghost. Somebody say amen. The Sabbath day is the Holy Ghost. Now, when the Lord uh, died upon the cross, he, 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 he took dominion, He took the power to death, hell, and the grave, and He... Bible says that the, the, the veil of the tabernacle was, was rent in two, or rent in twain, and it, it was rent. In, and the only people that could have access to that holy place or that refreshing place was the king or the, was the priest, was the chief priest. They were to be able to walk into that holy place and, and walk to that place that was sanctified, and walked into that place that, was, uh, that had the blood sprinkled upon the mercy seat. And that only one person could really go in and, 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 and ask for forgiveness. But when Jesus died on the cross, and when he uh, rose again on that third day, he rent that veil in two. And then he gave us access after the feast of the Passover, after the feast of weeks. And on the day of Pentecost, he allowed all of us to go into that holy place. He allowed all of us to go into that holy place with him. That is the power of the New Testament Sabbath. Acts 3 and 19 says, Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out when the times of Refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. I'm thankful today that I have the refreshing power of the Holy Ghost moving through my life. Thankful today that I don't just rely upon someone teaching me and someone just as long as they have a relationship with God and they just teach me. But it's not about that. It's I want to have a relationship with God for myself. I don't rely on the, the priest just to have a word, then I, then I hope to get a word from them. I, I don't want to just have a Moses in my life, and he goes up to the mountain and gets a word and then shares it with me. I want to go to that mountaintop. I want to go to that place with the Lord. And so what the Bible declares to us in the book of Acts, that we can now go to that place in God and go to that pure, humble, uh, go to that, that powerful place in the Lord, that he can take the vomit and the filthiness that was on the table of my heart, and he can fill me with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost and make things clean once again. Power of the Holy Ghost. Somebody say amen. Let's go back to Exodus chapter number 20. Now, Many people feel like if they get filled with the Holy Ghost, they speak in tongues, that a one-time visit is good enough. And that's not what the Bible says. Um, 
you get filled with the Holy Ghost, and you can walk out of here and live any old way you can because I have the grace of God. You do have the grace of God, but the Bible says you better keep it. You've got to keep it holy. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. That means you've got to have a relationship. That means you've got to have that refreshing working in you all the time. Paul said this, and I've said it, and I'll keep preaching it, but the Bible teaches us, and Paul said, I die. Then he goes on and he says, I speak in tongues more than you all. And what he was trying to say is, I need the presence of God in my life all the time. He's trying to keep himself holy. He's trying to keep himself refreshed. He's trying to keep himself renewed. He's trying to keep himself that body of, of, of certain darkness if we are separated from God. He's trying to keep that temple holy before the Lord. Keep that vessel clean. Keep that vessel, uh, you know, uh, uh, sure in the present. Keep that vessel consecrated to God. It says, um, let's just read verse 8 again, and then we'll read through it again, and we'll, we'll kind of pick out some more things here throughout this in Exodus 20. Remember the Sabbath day, and to keep it holy, six days thou shalt labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath day unto the Lord. Uh, you know, we don't celebrate the Sabbath like, we used to. Um, I pray that you don't work on Sundays, and I pray that, uh, but Sunday's not really even the Sabbath, but, you know, I pray that you don't work, but some of us have to, or have the, you know, we, we have some things and obligations we do, and I and we understand that, but we try to have a day of rest before the Lord, and the Bible says uh, in verse number 11, in the six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in, in them is. It always gets me right there, and I begin to study that. And this, this verse kind of gets me over and over. It says, in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is. I, I, I read this in a Who has another version here tonight? So I don't have to fumble through with my iPad. Anybody have the NIV or ESV? You got the ESV? Read um, verse number 11 with the ESV. And in them. All right, who has the NIV? Anybody got an NIV? No, we're, we're King James through and through, evidently. Sister, oh, said so you have the NIV version? No? You have the King James? Anybody else? All right, you got the NIV? There you go. We got technology. All right, remember the Sabbath day? Go to verse number 11. Got to put my glasses on. For in the six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is... In them. Ever say in them. But he rested on the seventh day, therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. The Lord wants to live in you. All of his creation, he developed, he developed us to be able to, he breathed into us, yes, the breath of life, but he wants to live and rest in us. Not just upon us, but in us and rested the seventh day, wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and hallowed it. When God begins to rest upon you and He begins to rest in your life, the Bible says we become a new creature in Christ. We become more like Him. We begin the fruit of our, our life begins to express differently when the Lord is on the inside of us. How do you know that you are filled with the Holy Ghost? 
How do you know that God begins to minister to you? How do you know that you are uh, filled, capacity, if you will, with the Holy Ghost? The Bible says they begin to speak with other tongues. Isaiah preached about it. He prophesied about it. Joel, the prophet Joel prophesied about it. He's talking about the Holy Ghost, being infilled with the Holy Ghost. So the fourth commandment, what is it? The Sabbath, the rest, the refreshing is the perfecting work of the Holy Ghost in your life. If you look at verse number 8 and you do a little bit of study on keep it holy, And the Sabbath day, the word that I have written in my Bible is refreshing. When somebody is filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and you are renewed, we call it renewed in the Holy Ghost, that is a refreshing experience. When somebody is filled with the Holy Ghost for the very first time, they do not meet a stranger. They go around hugging everybody. They go around looking at people with the love of Jesus Christ, a pure sense of joy in their life. I I don't know about you, but I want to look at people with pure joy in my life. I want to look at people with, with pure love in my life. And that's what the Holy Ghost does. It refreshes us in his presence. Refreshes us in his presence. Um, there's many other scriptures that I go to, but I, I, I don't, for the sake of time, I don't want to Uh, get into any more of these scriptures because I want us to spend a moment in prayer tonight. And how do we get to the place where I can experience that refreshing power of the Holy Ghost? Well, there can't be other gods before you. If there is, you got to repent. If you have any graven images that reflect an image of of, of a God in your life, you need to tear that down in your spirit. Um. And you can't, uh, you have to be committed to the Lord to say, Lord, I'm going to live for you and you alone. In other words, you got to attack the first three commandments, if you will. And yes, God, if there's anything in those three that says, God, it, it, those things are in before my life, you need to repent and say, God, you are the Lord of my life. I, I don't want to walk any other way. God, forgive me of my wrongdoings. Forgive me of the things that I put before you. I want to take on your name. For the name, that name was above every name. And God, I promise you, God will fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The repentant heart. The heart that desires the work of God. The heart that desires the perfecting power and the holy move of His Spirit. And a heart that desires to have Him inside of your life. And there's a question that pops up to many, many people. It says, you have to have the Holy Ghost to go to heaven. I'm, as, a, as, a, as a doctrine of this church, and we find in the Scripture, yes, you must have the Holy Ghost to go to heaven. Do I have an amen? Must have the Holy Ghost to, to go to heaven. But it doesn't make just, it's just the Holy Ghost. You have to be filled, and you have to have it refreshed. you got to keep it holy. you got to keep it. Uh, you got to keep praying, keep seeking God, keep ministering, keep loving the Lord. So let's stand together right now, and I want to... Um, ask us here tonight, I want you to ask yourself, do you have the Holy Ghost? Do you have the Holy Ghost like the Lord and like the Bible says to have the Holy Ghost? Another, some may say the Holy Spirit It's the same thing. The Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost are the same thing in Scripture. The Holy Spirit is the, the Spirit of God that comes down into our life. And when God begins to fill our minds and our spirit with him, 
there is an utterance that will come out of us, and that is the gift of tongues. It's a gift of the Holy Ghost. It is a gift to you to receive. It is a gift to you to have. It's a refreshing of the Holy Ghost. It is a refreshing from the Lord God Almighty. So as a part of the Ten Commandments, I wonder tonight if the Holy Ghost is a part of the Ten Commandments. Is it something that we need to have? I say yes. It is a refreshing. It is the rest wherewith we must have rest in the Lord. There's nothing like the Holy Ghost. It'll make you talk talk differently. It'll make you look differently. It'll make you act differently. It'll make you walk differently because the Spirit of God is being manifest through your life. So we're going to pray. We're going to ask the Lord to cleanse us, to to wash us clean. If you don't have the Holy Ghost tonight, we would love to pray with you and God can fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost in this place right now. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. If you would like to know more information about our church, please check us out on Facebook at Lifeway Apostolic Church. May God richly bless you.